Hey everybody, Danny here, and on this, the final episode of our website mini-series, I'm going to cover the five biggest mistakes I see on music school websites. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Thanks so much for joining me. If you're new here to the podcast, thanks so much. I hope you get some good information out of uh, this episode and past episodes. I'd love it if you'd go back and listen to all hundred and, I don't know, maybe we're like on 110 something in that area. Not really keeping track anymore. Um, but anyway, if you are new, thanks for checking it out. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and actually all you old listeners as well. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way it'll show up on your phone every time an episode comes out. Um, yeah. What have I been doing here last couple of weeks, man? It's been crazy crazy busy. I feel like there's been a full moon for like a month straight. I've had a lot of crazy scenarios going on, but, and I'll probably do a full episode about this type of stuff, but <clears throat> you know, when you can turn lemons into lemonade, it's always good. And I've had some wacky employee scenarios go down, all of them with teachers that when I really think about it, certainly were not at the top of my list as far as, you know, our superstars. And were people that I really should have top graded sooner. And it really teaches you a lesson about that. And in the midst of being forced to find some new people, I've hired two amazing new teachers. Super stoked on that. And I think I'm bringing on another DJ instructor um, I'm meeting with uh, this week. So I feel like we're coming through that little <clears throat> employee storm. Uh, that I've been uh, waiting through for the last couple of weeks. And uh, we started a remodel down at our new location down in South County. So we got uh, a cool picture. I just posted it in the Music Lesson Business Academy Facebook group of how we remodeled the entryway to the school. So um, check that out. Something else cool I've been doing is kind of surveying the members of the Platinum 100 Club. Um, and just surveying everybody to get feedback on what it is that they are really looking for in a coaching program or a membership kind of uh, group to be a part of, a mastermind, silver circle, whatever you want to call it. Um, because, you know, I really just want to keep bringing more and more value uh, to everyone the best that I can, you know, within the amount of time and, um, you know, a free time that I have to put, um, you know, into a coaching program, you know, keeping in mind, I'm running two music schools. One of them is, you know, is getting, you know, close to just under a million dollar business. And now we've added that second music school and, um, you know, plus the nonprofit and I'm, you know, going to be touring for all of March, it looks like, or a good chunk of March almost a month straight, and then I'm home for a week, and then I'm back out on the road for a whole month in Europe. So I got a lot going on, and I love Music Lesson Business Academy, and the people that I'm getting to deal with and interact with, I'm really getting close to people and enjoying 
those conversations so much. So I just want to, you know, see what we can, how I can alter it to just make it better and better and better for you guys. So, um, and coming out of that, we came up with some really good ideas. There was some great ideas from some of the members and um, that sparked me also. I'm switching the whole platform over to a new, um, kind of a new website system that's got some really cool built-in things that I think are perfect for Music Lesson Business Academy. So I'm really excited to get to work on that. Um, I hope to get that switched over really soon. And then I'll put a video together with a whole tour of the new program. Um, and I think it's going to be awesome. So um, that's it. Let's, uh, let's get moving forward here. This episode is brought to you by Never Alone Business Services, your partner in marketing run by music school owners for music school owners. Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, and websites, all for music schools who want to fill their businesses to capacity and enroll more students. Request a free marketing assessment at neveralonservices.com or you can email them over at info at neveralonservices.com. Mention Music Lesson Business Academy for $100 off your first month. Today's episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone. Go to TeacherZone.com. Check those guys out for your scheduling, billing, and student learning management needs. And I am interviewing Chris Bates on Thursday for an upcoming podcast episode. And it'll be great to just kind of hear about updates and new stuff that they're working on over there. So give those guys a call. They'd be glad to give you a free demo. All right, let's get into the episode. Top five website mistakes. All right, number one on the list here, and these are not in any particular order, but number one is making it too much about you. Too much about credentials, um, experience level, degrees, things of that nature. Those things are important, and I think there's a great time and a place to put those on your website and an area to do that. But it should be a little bit farther down. If you're going to have those kind of things on the homepage, make that a little bit farther down. The, the beginning of that website should really focus, again, on who the customer is, what they're looking to get, what their problem is, and how you're going to solve that problem for them. If you bring them into the picture based on solving that problem, well, then they might be a lot more interested in seeing uh, who you are and how that's going to help you to solve that problem for them. So, you know, when the opening picture on the website is you, I think you're going down the wrong road there. They really want to see something that that doesn't connect to them. Uh, a child achieving the success or an adult student achieving the success or having the experience that they uh, aren't having. So, you know, we've talked about what makes people want to join a tribe. And I always use Harley Davidson as an example of that, because <clears throat> When somebody sees a Harley Davidson, and I don't ride Harleys, I, I, I'm not a Harley fan. I'm a motorcycle rider, but I ride a Triumph. Uh, I don't know why I felt it was important to get that in there, but um, I'm not actually a big Harley fan. But I think when you talk about tribes, Harley Davidson 
comes to the top of the list as one of those companies that has an incredible tribe. So why do people want to be part of the Harley Davidson tribe? Well, it presents something that is missing from their life. They see freedom. They see rebellion. They see being an individual. They see adventure on the open road. All wonderful things that you know, the accountant or the lawyer who's tired of the corporate world sees, you know, somebody riding that Harley down the open highway, Route 66, with the mountains in the background. It makes them feel like they want to be part of this thing that they currently don't have. So imagine, you know, if the first thing you saw when you went to a Harley Davidson advertisement was, a guy standing there and he said, I'm Harley Davidson. I'm the owner or whatever. They always show pictures of people enjoying the product. Now, farther down on a website like that, they might show, hey, I'm Harley Davidson. I started building these motorcycles in 19 whatever. Now, of course, they don't have it. You know, the guy on the cover, it's too old, but you get my drift, right? And so it's fine to show that individualism uh, of who you are farther down. So at some point on the About Me page or even farther down on the homepage, it's fine to have a picture of you saying, hey, I'm Danny Thompson and I started the Music Factory because I have this love of spreading music and my philosophy is this and I really hope you'll allow me to try to spread the love of music with you. If they want to go deeper at that point and see who you are and what your credentials are and that kind of stuff, they're going to do it. But you got to get them in the door first. So don't make it too much about you. Number two, I see too much stuff on websites. And by stuff, I mean like widgets and buttons and you know, different ways of contacting people. And I have absolutely gone down this road in years past. Before I really understood website design, I went down that road where it's like, oh, there's this widget you can put on WordPress that allows somebody to click to call. Click here to leave a voice message. There's services like that. Click here to open the chat window. Click this button to send us an email. Click this button here to schedule a time for us to call you. Click this button here to learn more. Click this button here to schedule a free tour. It's too much stuff. You have to decide what your strategy is on bringing people, bringing those leads in. And then you only want to use a lot, utilize a few tactics to make that happen. So I think a good kind of general rule of thumb is to really try to stick to three. So three contact points. So one being your phone number. And, you know, I, I get it. A lot of people now don't want to use the phone. They don't like to, you know, it's not my favorite thing to get tied up on the phone with somebody that I'm struggling to understand what they're saying and all those kind of things. But you guys do have to remember that a customer who calls you is generally speaking one of your absolute most qualified leads that quite often turns into a good customer. And what I love about still talking to people on the phone is my spidey senses will go off instantly if I think they're crazy or a customer that I don't want to have anywhere anything to do with. 
It's much harder to get that sense through a text message or an email. Now, granted, I use all those other topics, tons of email, tons of texting, videos, all kinds of stuff to penetrate and to get more um, response from those leads. But having your phone number on your website as a contact point is a must. So then keep it to two other contact points. So maybe a button to sign up for lessons or fill out a form or schedule the tour, whatever it is, that one call to action. Okay. So if you decide that schedule a tour is going to be our call to action, then that's the one you got to use all throughout the site. You can't have a button that says schedule a tour and then they scroll down a little bit more on the website and they're reading some text and picture pictures. And then there's a different button that says schedule a time for me to call you. And then a little farther down, it says a button that says learn more. You got to go with one type of button and you know, that should be most likely connected to a contact form of some sort. And then maybe one other type of contact, such as maybe a live chat window would be great. If you're not going to go something like live chat, I would stick to two because don't do like a form and an email icon. Those are really, you know, the customer is going to do the same thing, whether they click the button and fill out a form or send you an email. It's a very similar function. So the phone is kind of like one type of customer who, who's like, I, I kind of want to talk to somebody over at this school and get a little better feel if it's right for me. Then you have other people that want to, you know, <clears throat> kind of do it from behind the keyboard. They're going to fill out a form. The live chat is similar to a phone call, but they can, you know, still have a little bit of that anonymity and um, maybe, you know, they're not in a position to talk on the phone because it's loud or whatever. And so a live chat window can work great. But just avoid that thing of putting too much stuff on your website. All right. Number three is mixed messages. So at this point, you should know that you need to have a main message on your website. Whatever that is for you. Music lessons as cool as your kid. We help people learn to play music. Um, we build, you know, confident musicians. Whatever you've decided, and just on another note, make sure that that voice is your voice and that speaks to you, right? And that, or speaks from you, I should say, because you are speaking to that audience. When you just take a line from somebody else's website because you think, oh, that sounded nice, I'll just use that. It, you know, I, it's not an issue that you're taking something of somebody else's. I see a lot of my current and former taglines or main messages from my website on other people's websites. I don't really care about that. My point is, I don't know if it's effective for you because you didn't think about it. It wasn't something that really came from you. So think about that main message and make sure it fits who you are as a business and who you are as a school and you know what you're all about. But you should have that main message. And what I see quite often is one main message and then you scroll, you know, and there's probably a call to action with a button and then you scroll down and there's like a kind of a totally different message, right? Um, that could start with, uh, you know, music lessons. We do fun music lessons. And then another message a little bit farther down that's, you know, uh, building confident musicians. And then a different message a little bit farther down. Find your voice 
what it is that you are trying to speak to and how you're trying to appeal to people and then stick with it. All those different messages are just kind of confusing people. And most likely, you know, they're not seeing that main message. And, you know, if that one doesn't resonate, most likely they're not scrolling down much farther anyway. The chance that they're going to see a different message down there and go, oh, now I'm interested. It's pretty low. So you'd be much better off sticking with one cohesive story arc through your entire website. Number four is too many offerings. And this one is, isn't really just website oriented. This is maybe a little bit more involving your business structure. What I mean by this is, you know, when you identify who you are and what your brand identity is and what you're going to be as a school, it's very hard to be good at a ton of things. And so I think, you know, when you make that decision of, am I going to go deep? Am I going to go, you know, a a thinner offering, a a narrower offering of products and go deep on those products and go get really good at those? Or am I going to go really wide, offer every instrument out there in the books, you know, because I can, sure, if I have a violin teacher, I can get five violin students. And if I have an oboe teacher over here, they'll have two students. And if I just keep doing that and adding it all together, I'll have, you know, a couple hundred students. That is one route that you can go, but the chance that you're going to be really good at all those things is very, very difficult. And so quite often I'll see on a website that there's just too many types of classes, you know, like four different offerings that are kind of all geared towards young kids. And then, you know, just too many different options. Now, you know, maybe you can have some of these options, but you may not necessarily need to put them all on your website, right? Um, you know, there's obviously an argument that having more indexed pages with, you know, well-written copy with good um, keywords and search terms built in there, uh, it could be very positive for your website. And, and, you know, that's a conversation for the SEO experts. But what I always come back to with the SEO versus sales is SEO gets people to view your website and gets them there. But if you get 100 people there, but once they're there, only one person orders, um, it's not as good as getting 10 people there and two people order, you know? So I always think about that when I'm, I'm kind of trading those things off a little bit. And there's obviously a good balance that we can always meet when it comes to SEO versus the sales side of things. But having just too many offerings, it's just too much stuff for people to look at and decide. I know for me, when I land on a website now, if it's hard for me to kind of navigate through and go, who are, who are they all about and what exactly do they do? You know, I kind of love it when I land on a website and they have a video that says, this is how it works, how it works, you know, and I do something similar to that on my 30 day lesson pass page. There's just a video um, and I need to redo it because we're redoing the website and that video is really old and not very good, but it's just like how it works and people like the how it works video. Um, And so when I'm seeing some kind of software product or something I think I might use in my business or anything like that, I love when there's just a really well done video now. So just side topic, 
I think for a lot of us, you know, in the last episode I talked about doing video, I think for a lot of us, it's easier to really get the message across to people in a video than it is in writing. Like, think about if somebody said, tell me what's unique and interesting about your school or how you do it different. For me, it'd be a lot easier to, to tell somebody that, you know, just talking it into a microphone or to them in person on the phone or, you know, through a video screen than it is to write it out. So that's, that's kind of off topic a little bit, but something to really think about. But be careful to not have too many offerings, you know, too many different types of classes when there's just tons of drop down menus and, you know, you present yourself as kind of a high end, uh, maybe a high end piano school, but then you're also offering a little kid rock band class. Do those things really work together from a business standpoint? I think you got to think that stuff through. And if you give, you know, if you're going to offer a little kid's music class, I would really try to narrow it down to maybe it only being one page or one drop down uh, uh, from a menu item. And it really could be a broader class about, you know, younger kids getting involved in music. And then you get them to fill out that form or call you. And then through you asking questions, you can determine the right class for them to be involved in. That's much easier than them reading all your descriptions sometimes and deciding, oh, I think this is the right thing for me here or right thing for me there. And number five kind of just really goes hand in hand with the last one, which is it's just too much info. People are nowadays just not reading deeply into a website. And if they have to read a ton of text, to figure out what you're all about and get to the money shot, they're going to bail. So again, there's got to have the proper balance between enough copy and enough pages to uh, you know, win that SEO battle. But at the same time, too much information on a website really just confuses people. So keep it simple, just the core things that they need to know and you want to hold some things back. I wouldn't say hold back pricing. I, you know, that's up to you guys. I'm totally fine putting all my prices out there because I'm very confident in it. Um, but, you know, holding back some of the finer details of a class, you know, you don't got to tell them every single thing. You really want them to inquire so that you can then dig deeper with them uh, and get that opportunity to sell your school and your services. All right, guys, five big website mistakes that I see music schools making. Take a look at your website. Uh, you might need to pull some stuff off. Maybe just really give it a good going over and make sure these things are in place for you. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you got something out of this website series. I've got a bunch of cool ideas for upcoming shows, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.